Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you have ever tried to send an email to sell something and it just didn't work? Well, if you're in that uh, situation, like many of us are, then this episode's for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! All right, ladies and gents, today we're talking about one of the most important aspects of email marketing, deliverability. You've likely experienced the frustration of sending an email and not having received the response, but what you may not know is that this silent threat is really costing businesses thousands of dollars in lost revenue. And our guest is a leading expert in this field. He's uncovered four secrets and a proven plan to ensure your emails are seen and your leads continue to grow. He's an author who's written uh, uh, who's written on the subject and has been in business for quite a while. If you've tried your emails and, oh, sorry, if you've tried, I'm oh, sorry, if you're tired, she's to the end of the day, if you're tired of your emails ending up in spam, or not being delivered at all, then this episode is one that you do not want to miss. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Scott Hartley. Scott, you got mail. Welcome to the program. Hey, glad to be here. I'm excited, man. I'm excited mainly because I am truly a victim of the spam folder. I know my emails end up there. I know there's so many more opportunities that I'm leaving on the table if I could just get my email game on point. Uh, I believe in in a strategy. I call it the pod strategy, right? You have paid, you have organic, and you have a database. You need a strategy for each one of those things. And email is a very core part of your database strategy, and we're just not doing it right. You wrote the book on this space, man. Uh, really quick, tell me a little bit about your background. How'd you get here? Yeah, so really kind of a, a varied background, but uh, I ha- started my first company back in 2004. Uh, 2013, it took me, yeah, it took me that long to kind of like figure out I should probably do some email marketing as part of that business. And um, I really started really digging into all of marketing, but, uh, you know, a core fundamental of that was email marketing. And then I started figuring out like, wait a minute, like just because I hit send doesn't mean that people are getting my emails. And if they're not getting my emails, guess what? I'm not getting any business off of it. Right. And so I really started diving into that, especially here recently, um, because things are constantly changing in the world of email marketing and uh, decided to write a book on it because I know that as a small business owner myself, if I was struggling with it, Thousands of other small business owners struggle with it as well. And they just don't know, man. All right, I got this thing in my Gmail called promotional tab, right? So there's this, I get emails that go in both my inbox and my promotional tab. I'm asking the expert, man, what's the difference between going in my inbox, going in my promotional tab, or worse, it ends up in the spam folder. Yeah. So great question. And I get asked this question almost every time I talk to somebody about, especially if they're using Gmail. Like, why do I have this promotion tab and why do my emails end up there, right? Here's the thing. Most people worry way too much about the promotions tab. 
it does not hurt you hardly at all. As a matter of fact, Gmail considers the promotions tab part of the inbox, mm-hmm. right? And only a very, very small portion of Gmail users actually have all of those different tabs enabled. So the promotions, the updates, and things like that. And studies have shown that the promotions tab has like less than one-tenth of a percent of an effect on the results that you can get from email marketing. So don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. That that makes me feel a lot better. So they're getting them. There might be a little bit tab. And I know because I use my own promotional inbox and I check those as well. So yeah. it's, not, it's not a big deal. It's almost like a sorting thing. Let's exactly. talk about uh, engagement. So in, in content, like you heard in my intro, I love it when people leave a comment. I love it when they hit the like button, subscribe, because for us, engagement is the greatest social currency out there. Yep. I didn't know that engagement was part of email as well. Tell me about it. Yeah, and it's not just part of email. It's everything with email. Like engagement is the most important thing to monitor and manage when you're doing any type of email marketing, because that determines one, if your email is going to get delivered at all by Mm -hmm. Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo. And if they decide to accept it, it determines where it's going to get placed. So you need to have people engaging with your emails. That means opening it, clicking on it, moving it from one folder to another, doing all of those positive actions saying, Hey, I want to see more of these emails from this particular person or business. All right. Well, I guess that's a, an assumption we kind of made. We assumed that we send an email, somebody's engaging with us and not just with the delete button. We wanted them to do a little bit right. more, right? So how do we boost that engagement? Is it with frequency? Is it trying to get them to click? What's the things that we as, as marketers should be doing to increase that engagement? Yeah. So there's not just one simple thing to do to increase the engagement. Number one is you've got to make sure that you're sending frequently, like you mentioned. All right. So let's do a little bit of math here. All right. If you send one email every 30 days and that person doesn't open it, what's your engagement rate? Zero. Big fat zero. Right. But if you send four emails over a 30 day period and let's say that they only open one, or they you know, open one and click on it, what's your engagement rate? One out 25%, of 30. Right? Yeah. One, one out, out of four. four emails you sent, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if they happen to do something with two of those emails, now you're at a whopping 50%. But so many people are afraid to send more emails, but the more emails that you send, the better your chances are of people engaging with them, which lifts your email health score. I, I always try to think of it as like, the, the mail that you get in your regular snail mail, right? I know on Tuesdays, yeah. I get this big old bunch of advertisements. And yep. for the most part, I don't look at all of them. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, you know what? I need my jack-in-the-box coupons or my Subway coupons or right. you know, a grocery, whatever it is that I'm looking for. And I go and I know exactly where to go for that because I know that they show up there on a regular basis. I may not always look at it, but yep. I know that that's where it is. So when you're describing the frequency here, I think a lot of people fear like, oh, I'm bugging them. I'm bugging them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. showing up consistently so people know where to find you if they need you. Is that Did I hear you correctly? 
That's exactly, you know, the more chances to get people to open your emails, the better are you going to have them engaging with your emails and reading your content. And that's so critically important. Um, And kind of another tactic when it comes to engagement, you kind of mentioned this, you know, so you, you get the coupons or you get the mail and, or you even get email and you're like, I'm I'm really not interested in it at this moment in time, but just showing up keeps you top of mind so that whenever that you do have a need, guess what? When they see your next email come in there, then they're going to be more likely to open that email and do business with you. Mm, that is so true. I know I do that myself. I know I know in my inbox, I know there's certain ads that I'm looking for. They kind of live in the deleted folder at times, but I know I can always reach out and find them. Yeah. You in your book mentioned assets and liabilities. And for me, I've always thought of that as a as a rich dad, poor dad thing, right? Assets are something that put money in your pocket. Liabilities are things that take money out of your pockets. Right. How are you describing them in email? Yeah. So your email list when it comes to engagement, your email list is made up of assets and liabilities. So your assets are the contacts who are actually doing something with your email. So they're opening it, they're clicking on it, they're scrolling down and spending time on reading your email. Um, In my case, I have several people that I get their emails and I stuff them away into a folder because I wanna keep it. It's great content. It's something that's like, I'm gonna reference that later on. Those are the assets of your list. You really want to keep emailing those people. And if they are engaging with your emails, send them emails at least once a week, sometimes twice, maybe three times a week, because those are the people that are help boosting your email health score. On the opposite side are those liabilities that you talked about. The liabilities are the people who do nothing with your email. They don't even open it. Or in worst case scenario, they delete it. Or even worse than that, they actually market as spam. Mm. So those are your liabilities and they actually bring down your email health score and they actually hurt your chances of getting into the inbox. So when we're talking about separating these people, I'm assuming we're talking about a CRM, something like a MailChimp using a mailgun type service that this is where our scores are being affected. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. So doesn't really matter what email marketing platform that you use. It could be MailChimp, Keep, ActiveCampaign, you name it. They have ways to be able to monitor and track who your contacts are, whether they're an asset or a liability. Are they opening or are they not opening your emails? And so you really want to watch that and, and monitor that. Now, some platforms make it easier to look at that data than others, but you definitely need to know your numbers. Absolutely. That data is so important. And yeah. you kind of, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. You talked a little bit in your book about segmenting uh, and there's mm-hmm. different ways to break up categories so that when you send emails, they're a little more relevant. Can you tell me about those? Yeah. So segmenting your list is really, it, it goes back to building a relationship with your list, right? So a, a lot of times, uh, small business owners, especially as we're kind of getting started with email marketing, we just blast everybody on our list with whatever our message is, okay? Um, and, and we're not really thinking of our list as like, oh, I'm sending an email to John or I'm sending an email to Susan. That's really how we need to look at our list. How can we build that relationship? So you and I have a conversation. What are we going to talk about? 
things that we know are of interest to each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so with our emails, when we can segment our list, then we know that, hey, I'm sending something that this particular group of people is really interested in. So as a case study, for example, we did, my colleague and I did a study with wineries and we looked at um, the list that they had and we analyzed the people who had bought red wine and people who had bought white wine. And we did an email to just the red wine drinkers, right? Mm. And we were promoting a, a new red wine. The open rate and the click rate and ultimately those sales through the roof, right? Because we know that they're interested in red wine. When we sent that same email, just as a test, we knew it probably wouldn't work, but we just wanted to test it out. To the segment of the audience that is that are white wine drinkers, very low open rates, very low click rates, very minimal sales because they're just not interested in red wine. And so if you segment your list and you provide that relevant content to them, you're going to see that engagement really skyrocket and you're going to be able to build that relationship because it's providing them what they want and need. And that's a great example because you wouldn't really think it wine is wine is wine if you're not in that wine space, right? So for, right. for you to segment down, not just in the wine, but within your niche, really break down who we're talking to. I mean, I'm thinking things like birthdays, we got anniversaries coming up, we got uh, anniversaries of events that happen within your uh, connections, right? When we first yeah. closed escrow or things like that, where they become relevant for that particular person, now mm -hmm. that's going to increase the engagement because you it's almost like you're speaking directly to them, right? Exactly. You know, anytime that you can speak to what their pain problem is, or maybe, you know, it's a special event, like you mentioned, you know, um, closing on a, a real estate deal, or maybe they have an anniversary of doing business with you. All of those type of things are great ways to segment your list. Maybe that they've purchased something from you and it's a, a product or a service in a particular category, you know that they're interested in this type of thing. So you can send them more information or more offers about something that's very similar. Your book talks a little bit about uh, authenticating, right? Being authentic. Um, and I, I assumed it was about being your authentic self, but you were talking about authenticating email addresses as you were, as you kind of wrote through. Uh, and that's number two for you in your book. So tell me a little bit about authentic authentication. Yeah, so this is the, the technical part that nobody likes when it comes to deliverability, right? That's what I thought. So I, I try to break it down this way. We can go out to the car dealership and anybody can buy a car, all right? And you can drive it right off the lot. You don't have to have a driver's license, license plates, or insurance, okay? You could simply go driving down the highway. And you're going to get by with that for a while. But the problem is, you're not driving legally and eventually you're going to get caught, right? It's the same way with email marketing. You can drive down the email marketing highway just like today. You could go out and sign up for a new account with any email marketing provider and start sending emails within 30 minutes, right? But that doesn't mean that you're driving legally on that highway. And eventually the big three mailbox providers, Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo, they're going to be looking, hey, do you have the right things in place that say you're a legitimate business sending legitimate emails to people who want to receive them? 
And that's where that authentication comes into play. So this is a, let me help clarify that for a little bit. So I used to, I used to own a video game truck or company, right? So we would do kid birthday parties. We show up 32 foot game trailer, video games inside. Uh, and people would literally sign up for these events. So when they signed up for them, I, I obtained name, email, phone number, that sort of database. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, that was in one platform. When I decided to move to another platform, I took my database from like a, C, a CSV file and I imported it into the other platform. So what yeah. you're saying here is when you do something like that, those big three are trying to authenticate whether you have the permission, whether those people gave you permission to send them information, and that's what they're verifying? To a degree, but one thing that you pointed out there is that you were using one marketing platform and then you were moved over to another one and you sent emails from another marketing platform. Basically, your authentication records, they are looking at does the platform that's sending those emails, does that platform have permission to send on your behalf? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of spammers and hackers out there that send emails that purport to come from you, but it's really not, right? And so that authentication piece is really important to say, I give permission for MailChimp to send emails on my behalf, right? So that's one of the authentication records. Another one of the authentication records says, that sending from this domain, all right, so businessbros.biz, that email is legitimately coming from business bros, right? It's not some hacker out here trying to steal your personal information and get your bank accounts and everything. No, this is a legitimate email and it is authorized to come from the businessbros.biz domain. That's the second uh, DN or authentication record that you need. And then the third authentication record basically aligns all of those together. And it says, if something doesn't match up, here's what I want you to do with this email. Okay. So, uh, and I, 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 there's a lot of acronyms here. So oh, yeah. the complexity can get intense in this little section, by the way. So you had yeah. DKIM, you had SPF, you had DMARCs, DMARC. What are those things and why should we care? Yeah, those are the three records that I was telling you about. So one of those records is the DKIM is saying that this platform has the authority to send on behalf of me. Okay, so that DKIM record, you want to set that up for every platform from which you send email. It could be your Google Workspace account. It could be your Microsoft 365. It could be MailChimp. You need to have a DKIM record set up for every platform that you send emails from. That says this platform is authorized. The SPF record is saying, hey, this domain is a legitimate domain and it's authorized to send emails from me. So any of these platforms that have the DKIM record, it's authorized to send purporting to come from this domain. If it doesn't, there's a little red flag. Like mm. Microsoft, before you accept this email, I want you to look and see if it's really coming from some platform that I've authorized. That's what that SPF record's for. And then the DMARC record is the one that says, hey, if there's something amiss between the DKIM and the SPF record, I want you to go ahead and deliver it anyway. I want you to completely reject it, or I want you to send it to the spam folder. And it, oh. it tells the Microsoft, Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo says, here's what I want you to do with the emails. Now, the important thing to note about this, and I really go heavy into this in that chapter of the book, is this is very technical, right? If you set these records up incorrectly, 
it can cause major issues with all of your emails, even the ones you send from your regular Outlook or Gmail account, right? Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. So it's really worth the investment to have an expert set that up. And it's probably not your web developer or your IT consultant, because I've run into many cases where they've set them up and created a whole host of problems. Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, that's worse than just having standard stuff set up. Exactly. In place. All right, let's talk about content uh, revamping, which is your number three here in this book. Um, we want to increase engagement. We got authenticated correctly by a professional. Hopefully you guys uh, went to hittheinboxbook.com and we got our stuff all set up. Um, what do you mean revamp our content? What, what, what are we already doing that is incorrect? Yeah. So the biggest problem that I see with people sending emails is they want to make them look so beautiful, like the flyers that they create and the website that they have. Big, big, big no-no, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And I know that this is going to like meet with a lot of booze, you know, from the crowd. It's like, you know, they don't want to hear that. We want everything to look beautiful. We want to, you know, show the best that we are in everything that we do. But with emails, it's going to land you in the spam folder the majority of the time. Mm. If you do that, study after study after study has shown that text only emails outperform the beautiful ones, the ones that contain lots of images and different colors and different fonts and everything, plain text emails perform much, much better. Wow. That, you know, I didn't even know that. I mean, that's something that that is, is some, okay, I'll give you an example. So I worked with, uh, with different marketing people and a lot of mine were like pretty standard. The, the, we've come from my Gmail. It was mm -hmm. cut and paste. I'd add the person's name. I had some context about who they are and it was, you know, confirming who they were. And of course yeah. it had, you know, uh, CTAs at the end, right? Little call to actions at the end. Those always tended to do well. But when I brought somebody on, they made them look so fancy and so beautiful. It was hard for me to say no, right? Because they utilized all my digital assets. They put my logos and then my colors and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. But now you're telling me that if I want a better open rate, X those things. X those things. I say in my book, ditch the email newsletter right? Mm. Um, get rid of, you know, those fancy newsletters using the template where you've got, you know, five different blog articles that they go to and, and all that type of stuff. It just doesn't work. Um, as a matter of fact, the open rate for the average newsletter is 21.33%. And most people say, oh, I'd love to have 21% of my list opening an email. No, you want 50, 60, 70% of your list opening your emails and having beautifully designed emails is not going to get you there. Okay, so you also mentioned in your book talking about hyperlinks and using proper hyperlinks, limiting certain ones. Tell me about that. How can I make my email a lot more attractive? Because the open rate's cool. The yeah. click-through rate would be even better even if you better. can help me with that. Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, in your emails, you want to give calls to action. So I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here just for a second. So the calls to action, I find myself doing this almost every time I write an email. When I want somebody to go outside of that email to my website or someplace else, the phrase that is most commonly used is click here, right? Mm -hmm. That screams, hey, this is a marketing message. Take 30 seconds 
and reword what you want them to do. Find out more at, get your free copy at, request your appointment at, you know, create a different way to communicate that action that you want them to take. Now your links, there's a couple things about the hyperlinks. For one is you want to keep it at a minimal number, preferably less than about three links per email. All right. And you want to make sure that those links are the full length of where you want them to go. Now you can kind of hide it behind the text in most of your emails, but don't use a link shortener like Bitly. Okay. Mm. Those are used quite often by hackers and scammers. And so if you have a bit.ly link or a shortened link in your emails, it's probably going to land straight into junk or spam because Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo just simply don't want their end users to be taken advantage of. Right. So let me, let me pause you there for a second. So would it be better for me to like um, hyperlink a couple words and just have the entire link there or just literally post the entire link? You can actually do either one. It's not going to hurt either way. So um, if you've got a really, really, really long link, and I've got an example of one in the book, um, you can actually highlight the words and then hyperlink behind that. So it's still the full link. That's probably the best and the easiest way to do it. And then your book said, limit the ones on social. But Scott, I want them to go to my socials, man. Like my signature literally has all the little icons with hyperlinks to all my social media platforms. Yeah. So there's a couple of things about that. Number one, um, and I talked about this pretty in depth uh, in different parts of the book. A lot of times the social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. They end up on what are known as block lists. Okay. Mm. If your email has a link to one of the social media sites and it goes out at the time that one of those sites is on a block list, then guess what? Your email is more likely to go into junk or spam because Facebook's on a block list, for example. Okay. So that's one reason why I don't recommend putting all of your social media links in all of your emails. A second reason why I recommend that is let's think about it. In the body of your email message, you're talking about something completely different. You, you're making an offer to them or you want them to go read an article that you posted as a blog on your website, something like that. So you really want them to go there, mm. right? If you have social media links in there, now you have competing calls to action. And this person may have read all of your email and they're really excited and they're like, oh yeah, I'm absolutely going to go check that out. And then they get to the bottom and they see your YouTube channel link and then they go check it out. And guess what? They never come back and actually do what you really wanted them to do. So it's kind of a distracting type of thing in some cases. Good point. Good point. All right, uh, as we're running low on time, I wanted to make sure I get to the last point you had in your book, your reputation, right? And I know for us in, in the real world, our, reputa our reputation precedes us. I yeah. am so much of a fan of building your brand for that exact reason. Your reputation is something that you can take with you regardless of what industry you go into or whether you get fired from one place or another, your reputation will be there. Your yeah. reputation you're talking about is a little bit different. Well, how does that relate to email? 
Yeah, so there's uh, a lot that goes into the reputation part of email. Like I just talked about, there's those block lists, okay? So if you're sending out every email and you're linking to a website, it doesn't even have to be social media, but it could be any website. And if that website happens to be on a block list, then the more that you're sending out emails that contain links to sites that are on the block list, Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo are going to say, hmm, I'm not so sure about this person because they're associated with somebody who isn't in good standing on the internet, right? And so that can hurt getting your emails delivered. Additionally, your reputation, like everything that you do, um, you know, the, you know, are you getting the engagement? If you're not getting the engagement and people are like constantly marking your emails as spam or throwing your email into the trash, that hurts your reputation with email providers. So let's say, just for simple math, let's say that you have a thousand contacts on your list and 500 of them are going to Gmail users. All right. If 400 of them are marking you as spam or just deleting your email, your reputation with Gmail is not going to be very good. And even though you've got a hundred people that just absolutely devour your content, they want to see your emails. They're doing all the right stuff to make sure that your emails show up in the inbox for them. Ultimately, the 400 is going to affect all 500 people that you're emailing on Gmail. And it's not going to be pretty because the majority of your list is dragging down your reputation. So guard your domain, guard your list. It's up to you and your yeah. the content that you're putting out is so important. Dude, 30 minutes have gone by and you've just dropped nothing but gems today. I hope people understand their email just a little bit better. I know I do. I'm gonna make some changes on how I'm posting my emails. Gonna make them a little bit easier to understand. Get rid of a lot of the imagery. Hyperlink, uh, just you know, using words instead of having a uh, big old long URLs or shortened URLs. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to remove my socials. I'll probably just cut that to one little link. Yeah, and there. you can do the socials, you know, periodically. Um, you know, if you're promoting, you know, a YouTube. You know, if you're promoting, you know, one of your videos on YouTube and doing that occasionally, and that's the purpose of your email, go for it. That's not going to hurt you. But like, don't distract from the main purpose of your email with your with your links. That is probably the most important part right there. Uh, you know, especially when you're when we were talking about and I was learning about funnels and ads, you're like, you don't want to distract them. You want them to do one thing. That's exactly. the only thing, the only option you want. That's the whole point of the funnel. You want to funnel them to the one action. So yeah. that totally makes sense for me, especially on the marketing space. Scott, uh, you've been a great guest here on the show. You've dropped a lot of information. I want to make sure I give you the floor here. If people want to reach out with you, get a copy of the book, set up an appointment. Maybe they know they need to authenticate, but they're not the pro to do it. How can they reach out to you? <laughs> Absolutely. So the first step is going to hit the inboxbook.com. Uh, so you got to see it scrolling across the bottom of the screen there. It's seven bucks for the digital copy of the book. If you want a print copy or the audiobook copy, we're making that offer available to you on there as well. In addition, so hit the inbox book. It's going to give you a much deeper understanding of all of the things that we discussed today. And in addition to that, I've got two bonuses when you purchase that digital book. So the hit the inbox book itself is going to help you get your emails into the inbox. Once you do that, you need to get people to open them. So you need 143 attention-grabbing subject lines. It's a free bonus I'm giving you when you get the book. 
Once they open the email, now they need to be able to engage with that email, right? And so I'm going to give you my marketing messaging checklist so that you can go down through and say, does my email contain all of this stuff so that people take action on what I'm actually communicating with them about. So it's seven bucks, hit the inboxbook.com. You can also request an audit from there um, and you can get in touch with me at that website. Uh, but it's the great starting point to really start making your email marketing campaigns profitable. Ladies and gents, you got it right there. Hit the inbox.com. Look, we all hit the use email. Don't Sorry, hit the inbox book.com. Hit the inbox book.com. I mean, we're all using email. And apparently, we ain't doing it right. There's ways <laughs> to improve. And all the keys are right there in the book. He lays them out pretty simply. Four different sections you can work on. And I know the authentication was like really technical. You can walk through. He literally is walking you through it in the book. Or you can just reach out to him. He'll probably have a way to help you out there as well. Or at least connect you with a pro who can help you do that. So, Scott, thank you very much for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed that one. We'll see you guys in the inbox. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.